Good day and once again welcome back. Today is Monday the 17th of December 1946. Just over a week till Christmas, but as we'll hear in this short letter to Bet's godmother, Edith Thompson, sending best wishes for her wedding anniversary, Bet's mind is on anything but Christmas. She is completely focused on it's time to go home. But before we hear from Bet today, we'll once again resume the story of Unruh. Chapter 27 Out of Private Pockets The steady and healing flow of goods and services which the world has sent into broken lands since the war's end has come in the most part from public funds, that is, funds voted with the approval of the people by their legislative bodies. UNRWA was the largest of these public relief efforts in the immediate post-war years. But the men, women and the children too of many countries have dug down deep into their own pockets and have gone into their clothes closets and barns and bins to make additional voluntary contributions. These contributions have enabled an impressive number of private and religious agencies to give material and moral aid, which has been, on the heels of history's most fiendish war, a magnificent and heartening example of man's humanity to man. In the UNRWA-assisted countries and in the camps for displaced persons, representatives of the voluntary agencies worked under the UNRWA banner and gave the organisation strong and effective support. There were over a hundred private agencies cooperating with UNRWA, the majority of them with home bases in the United States and Great Britain, but most of the countries of the world were represented in some way. Several major councils were set up which formed a point of contact and greatly simplified the work. The American Council of Voluntary Agencies for Foreign Services, the Council of British Societies for Relief Abroad, and the councils for Canada, Australia and others had similar titles and purposes. Some 40 voluntary agencies and 1,432 experts whom they employed worked with UNRWA in the camps for displaced persons. Hundreds of others were attached to the various missions. With equipment often supplied by their agencies, these experts conducted nutritional surveys and clinics, gave immigration assistance, went out into the fields to advise farmers how to increase their crops and run their new tractors, organised and ran children's feeding centres and summer camps, conducted medical teaching missions, distributed morale supplies not included in UNRWA shipments, and in many other ways lifted the health and courage of the people among whom they worked. Their special contributions included such items as these, a fleet of jeeps to distribute supplies, hundreds of thousands of dollars' worth of chocolate milk, which many war-born children had never tasted, herds of livestock to replace those depleted by hunger and battle, traditional wines and foods for men and women who had not celebrated Passover openly for many years, beds and linens and medicines for hospitals, and of course tons and tons of food and clothing. It was in the unresponsored Victory and United National Clothing Collections that the volunteer agencies gave some of their most important assistance. They helped gather in the more than 200 million pounds of shoes and suits and overcoats and dresses that poured into collection centres during the drives, 
and were a quick channel of distribution in war-torn areas, both in the UNRWA and non-UNRWA countries. We'll continue the final chapters of the story of UNRWA in future episodes. But now, let's hear from Bet. Nanchang, Changxi, 17th of December 1946. My dear Auntie Edith and Uncle Fred, today is your wedding anniversary. Silver one, if I remember rightly. I'm sure you know that my loving congratulations and wishes are rushing out to you, space notwithstanding, and that I'm very much with you in spirit. I had letters from you both last mail last Friday, and since they were only written on the 26th and 27th of November, I feel well up to date with the news. It seems my impatience and restlessness have crept into my letters. Yes, I am most impatient now to get home again and to be part of the family doings once more. Though eight or nine months is only a short time, I think that I have, in that time, found out as much about China and the Chinese as I would ever find out. I have not lost interest by any means. There is always something new to compel attention, but I feel the futility of spending further precious time here when I could be home in my own clean country with white people, good roads, clean water, fresh fruit, no spittoons, etc., etc., The fact that I'm rather homesick for mother and dad and the girls is too obvious for me to have to mention it. I'm still waiting for the boss to get back from Shanghai. He should be here tomorrow and to hear from him when he will release me. I've started to pack though and will not stay here any later than January 7th. How I will get back to Shanghai, I do not know. Funny how we never think of such things as problems. I'll bundle into a truck and wait in Chang till an LST comes along, I suppose, and then ask the skipper for a lift. Professional hitchhiker. That's what Unra makes of you. But it's fun. Must close. The mailboy is hovering. With my fondest love to you both and to Vic too. I'll be seeing you pretty soon now. Lovingly, Bet. Production credits for this episode, produced and narrated by Warren Henry, the voice of Betty Souter by Helen Polkinghorn, and in recognition and honour of the festive season, the featured tune this episode from 1946, The Christmas Song, Merry Christmas to You by the King Cole Trio, vocal performed by Nat King Cole, with the string choir conducted by Charles Green. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe 
help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeers really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase Kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said many times, many ways Merry Christmas to Ooh. Mm-hmm.